This has been a presentation of the We Can Make This Work Probably Network. Follow us on Twitter at Probably Work for more of our questionable content. Also, we have a website called ProbablyWork.com. From Eric Slater, creator of Epic Fails of History, comes a bold new vision of the future in his latest book, 2299. 2299 is a sci-fi noir about a detective on the edge of the abyss while investigating a cold case on Vanaheim, a space station orbiting Neptune, Desmond Faust finds himself ensnared in a web of lies and murder. The closer he gets to discovering the truth, the more aware he becomes that he might not leave this place alive. Eric Slater's 2299 is available now on Amazon. <coughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm going to edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. You'll edit out some of my coughs too. We're both sick. Welcome to RPG The After Years, your weekly show covering all things RPGs from the past, present and future. I'm Bill and with me today is a very special guest from the land of the internal winter. Hello, it's Brett again from Skeleton House. (laughs) Uh, Yes, this is episode 130 and we're here today for a review episode. Uh, We're going to be reviewing another black sheep of the video gaming world. This time we're returning to Algo. Well, kind of. It's the Fantasy Star 3 Generations of Doom. Doom. <laughs> Welcome to your doom. <laughs> uh, that always makes me think of Altered Beast. <laughs> and- <laughs> I also have that, I have that stuck in my head all the time. Yeah, I know. It's, Why it's like from your grave? <laughs> Welcome to your doom. And um, yeah, I think one of the guys who made it with Beast made this game as well. So, oh really? I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know which one it is. I think it might be the character designer, which kind of uh, makes sense. Okay, yeah, yeah. The the good part of the game. <laughs> we'll <laughs> yeah, get to that. Yeah, uh, but yeah, since it's a review, we won't be doing any catch up or anything. Uh, we're going to be doing it in one shot, so we should be able to get through the whole thing. But before that, just so we don't fall behind, here's a few quick show updates. <laughs> so the RPG Club, we're currently doing Your Mum. I mean, um, Fantasy Star 4, ironically. <laughs> kind of hence the rush to play Fantasy Star 3, <laughs> considering we've already covered 1 and 2 on the show. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, we currently should be getting to the second segment, which if I was a good podcast host, I would have written down what that is. <laughs> but yes, that's due on Sunday. So just a couple of days after you hear this. So make sure you get to that segment that I've not told you about by Sunday. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Also, Materia Lockdown coming back? 
Yeah, material lockdown always comes back in March. <laughs> really? And every every year I've planned to expand it and make it bigger and better, and then it comes to March and I just open the bot. <laughs> just go play. <laughs> That's understandable. Yeah, we try. I try and do my best, but you know, we'll see how it goes this year. But it's coming back in March. Yay! <laughs> All right, then. let's get over to the uh, the main topic of the discussion, shall we? Let's discuss. Uh, was, I don't know generations in space. <laughs> yeah, all all these people that I remember very well. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I even put down what all the characters were called. <laughs> <laughs> but here is Fantasy Star Free. old as millennia <laughs> that was 11,867 days ago as of the recording of this episode 32 years 5 months and 26 days then back in North America it wasn't released till just slightly over a year later in July 1991 again with these old games for some reason in America and Europe they decided not to put the actual date or, or list it anywhere when things are released <laughs> so I've gone for July 1st that's uh, 11,431 days then that's thirty-one years, three months, and sixteen days ago. I like your I like your notes for Europe, which is just nineteen ninety-one. The fuck? <laughs> yeah, I know. Did they not even have a month for no, for this one? Not even a month. So it's just like all <laughs> I could put in is like you know thirty-one years ish. <laughs> Amazing. Which again, for the next segment on um, <laughs> on on the music, makes it really difficult to pick what music it is. <laughs> so uh, I've gone for just like two songs from around July time. But, um, but yeah, but in America, we had the lovely uh, Paula Abdul with Rush Rush was number one in the charts at the time. Can you, can you give me the chorus of that one? I, uh, no. <laughs> okay, because I also, I cannot. No, I have to admit, like, Paula Abdul, I think that was just an American thing. Because I didn't even, I didn't even have, like, a clue of her existence until she started doing those, uh, like, X Factor shows. Yeah. And I think she guessed it. Biggish, I guess. Yeah, I think she was over there, but I just I'd never heard of her before until she like guested on a show in the UK, and I was just like, "Who the fuck's Paula Abdul?" <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, oh yeah, she was big in the nineties. Like, oh yeah, everyone was. Come on, sure, sure. <laughs> but yeah, for um, and then for the UK, like I said, um, we had it will either be Jason Donovan with "Any Dream Will Do." I don't know. Do you, I have do you... never, never heard of that in my, in my life. <laughs> okay, yeah. So, have you heard of the show Neighbours? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, Neighbours is an Australian sitcom that was only popular in the UK. I <laughs> okay. It only finished this year. And it ran from like 1980-something. <laughs> so, That's incredible. It, very long-running show. Jason Donovan was from that show. And he did the stage production in the UK of Jason and his Technicolor Dreamcoat. 
Okay. And this is the song from that. And I remember this because it was number one for ages. And it was like my mum's favourite song to sing along to. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, and it's like, any dream will do. I close my eyes. Pull back the curtains. Ah, to see for certain. Ah, any Fantastic. dream will do. Yeah, man. Check out Jason and his Technicolor Drinko. Awesome shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, ru- I'm ruining my heavy metal creds here. <laughs> and then, do you want to say who was the uh, the other guy? Because I think he's a uh, Brian Brian Adams. Everything I do, I do it for you. I've heard of Brian Adams. I know. I don't know if I've heard of the song though. <laughs> what? Everything I do, do it for you. Okay, there, there rings a bell. There we go. Um, see, I'm, I'm 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 a singing legend today. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, Brian Adams and Jason Donovan. What what a range. <laughs> um. Okay, that's, that's it for our pop culture section this week. Let's move on to the history of Fantasy Star 3. third game in the Fantasy Star series, if you don't uh, count the weird spin-off thing they did for Fantasy Star 2 that was like a text adventure. Anyway. <laughs> um, and it was made by almost an entirely different team that created Fantasy Star 2. Most of the people behind the first two games were busy with other projects, and management for Sega was not willing to wait. Uh, as the sole member of Fantasy Star 2 team assigned to work on the sequel, uh, Hiroki uh, Saiki uh, was promoted from co-director to lead writer and director with a ragtag bunch of new hires and staffers from other teams working underneath him. I mean, that that's one way to get a promotion. It's just like everyone else leaving <laughs> or to do something yeah, you're, else. You're doing this now. Yeah, I, same thing's happening to me at work at the moment, but <laughs> um, I'm pushing for that promotion now, which is good. Uh, compared to one, uh, Fantasy Star 1 and 2, uh, Fantasy Star 3 was designed with multiple endings, and moreover, the story was on a rather larger scale. The game was to t- uh, take place across three generations, leading the player on different story routes depending on who they choose to marry at the end of the first two generations. Thus, in theory, one version of the first generation, two of the second, and four for the final chapter. Which I think is a really cool idea. In, in in theory, at least? In theory, yes. If you've got enough time to implement it properly. Otherwise, lots of stuff get cut and then it ends up being quite boring. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> but the development period was comparatively short. Much of the story had to be cut. And with the game being created by different staff members than those of one or two, we ask ourselves, what happened to the Fantasy Star 2 team? Several of them were at work on Falcom's side-scroller RPG Sorcerian for the Genesis. The rest worked on another, uh, you know, kind of well-known Sega title. Fucking Sonic. (laughs) No, never heard of him. Sonic the goddamn hedgehog. (laughs) Never heard of him. Oh, yeah, no, there's a film of him. My my girls really like it. Oh, yeah, the the kids movie. Yeah, it's got Jim Carrey Uh, in it. It's great. (laughs) (laughs) Fantasy Star 2 was the first RPG for the Mega Drive and was released in the US two months before the original Final Fantasy for the NES, another key game in the genre's popularization in North America. Yeah, I think that's kind of just a keynote, really. Like, Fantasy Star 2, which is great, by the way. 
<laughs> I've been listening to the music of that today, and it's just like oh, this, this game. <laughs> this game was so lovely, lovingly made. It's a hard, grindy bastard, but it's good. Yeah, like the fact that it came out like two months before the first Final Fantasy game on the NES in North America just blows my mind like the, the difference in quality is just insane but yeah uh, anyway <laughs> uh, so Wait, for, for, before we get into that sorcerian what is sorcerian i've never heard of sorcerian oh i've heard of it i don't think i've ever played it though but because a think... falcom side scroller rpg that sounds kind of familiar <laughs> <laughs> yeah but yeah but we enjoyed use free <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> he's free was actually good fun so yeah i mean maybe, maybe it's something we can check out <laughs> yeah let's see let's see if sorcerian's any good if anyone's heard of sorcerian please give us some feedback let us know if it's any good and worth playing um yeah so moving on uh sega's president uh hayo Naka, nakamaya nakamura nakayama Nakayama. God, I'm terrible at these names. I should, yeah, Yama. I should get, yeah, it's got a Y in it. You're doing, you're doing your best. Yeah, Nakayama decided that Sega needed a flagship series to mascot and compete with Nintendo's Mario franchise. Uh, Yuri Naka, who, progr- who programmed and produced Fantasy Star 2, and sometimes credited in games as uh, YU2, created a prototype platform game which involved a fast-moving character rolling in a ball through a long winding tube. You can see where this is going. Uh, the concept... Uh, was expanded with character designers by Nato uh, Oshima, who did the character designer for P- uh, Fantasy Star 1 and Fantasy Star 2, and levels conceived by uh, Hirokazu uh, Yashuhura, who did Altered Beast. There we go. I knew he was in here somewhere. I can't say his name properly. <laughs> <laughs> but the level designer from Altered Beast went on to make Sonic. Oh, he didn't make Fantasy Star 2. Yeah, sorry. Okay, yeah, the the levels the level design being different in two and three that, that suddenly makes sense. Yeah, that makes more sense. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then Naka hoped Naka hoped to showcase the Mega Drive's processing speed through fast and exhilarating gameplay. Part of his approach was based on uh, experience through playing the Super the original Super Mario Bros. And he wondered why he couldn't complete each level faster the better he got at playing the game. Sonic the Hedgehog was released in 1991 and received acclaim. It greatly increased the popularity of the Sega Genesis in North America and is credited with helping Sega gain 65% of the market share against Nintendo. Naka, however, was dissatisfied with his treatment at Sega and felt he received little credit for his involvement in this success. He quit, but was hired by Mark Cerny to work at the American Sega Technical Institute, STI, uh, which unfortunately has a different meaning nowadays, with a higher salary and more creative freedom and would later return to the Fantasy Star series with PSO and PSU. More recently, he works with Square Enix and directed um, uh, um, Balin Wonderworld, Wonderland, oh God, and has made some other uh, shitty mobile games. Yeah, I think I think he's actually got like his own company that makes these like really crap mobile games. But yeah, and then for some reason, like I remember um, Balan uh, Wonderland. I think that came out this year on the Switch, and I was just like, oh, <laughs> he's still he's still getting employed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that game. Uh, I don't think that game did very well. No, I don't think it did. It looked, it looked terrible. <laughs> Um, meanwhile, at the Legion of Doom, uh, Sega decided to reunite the remnants of the original Fantasy Star 2 development team to create Fantasy Star 4. Uh, Chiko uh, Oka, Okia uh, had left Sega. Uh, Kiroto Hirosh- Hiroshida uh, wasn't directly involved in game development anymore. And uh, Yuri Naka, Naka's time was now fully dedicated to Sonic. Uh, so artist Rikio Komada was put in charge. 
Uh, Toru Yoshida, the character designer for Fantasy Star 2, uh, provided an outline for the story and acted as co-director. And the actual script was written by series newcomer uh, Akinori Nishiyama. Nishiyama, <laughs> who mostly worked, I think I got that. <laughs> who mostly worked as a graphic artist up to that point. Uh, there were ideas that they hadn't been able to fully realise during the the first two games' development, and mistakes they wished to rectify. Uh, there was also the matter of Fantasy Star Three, which had left Algo and the spirit of its prequels behind, to considerable backlash. With these things in mind, uh, they strove to create a definitive Fantasy Star experience, bringing together the best of all three games in a grand finale, which would be Fantasy Star 4. Anyway, back to Fantasy Star 3. Yeah, I know. After all that talk of Sonic and Fantasy (laughs) Star 4, we we tried to talk around the subject. (laughs) Time to talk about this game now. One lone member of Fantasy Star 2's staff, Hirondo Saiki, was in charge of the game design, but 3 was the first time the programmers and graphic designers had been assembled as a team. For this reason, the game differed from the Fantasy Star game image 1 and 2 held. The effect was that the product ended up as an intense disappointment to fans. The game's serious material and staged in the Middle Ages atmosphere didn't match the series' image very well. The thin charm of the characters who appeared in the game, the enemy graphics that looked so western which provoked rejective reactions from a lot of fans, and the stress that piled up when playing the game from the slow speed of the characters could also be cited. Yeah, what, did they, did they walk slow in this game? Man, they, uh, they move a little, a little slowly in this video game. Oh, I didn't notice that. Must be because I had eight times speed on. Yeah, it was, <laughs> I think I played the entire game at double speed. <laughs> It's just, it's, and even then I was like, man, <laughs> this is so slow. <laughs> uh, what's more, with multiple endings, Free's great, which was Free's greatest selling point, uh, it didn't actually offer much in how they ended all their content. So Free didn't leave the emotional impression um, a game does after it's over, and it lacked impact as a game. Yeah, we're both, we're both a little bit sick, so apologies. But we're doing this because, because we love you. Yeah, and we love Fantasy Star 3. Oh, no, wait. Yep. No, we love you guys. So much. <laughs> uh, the art style is more sober, even a little plain. Yeah, it, it is really plain. In comparison to Fantasy Star 2, it's horrific. <laughs> um, uh, with a push towards realism. Neither the character sprites nor environments are quite as attractive as Fantasy Star 2, but they have a decent, char- uh, a discreet charm of their own. Towns, houses, castles, and dungeons take on more credible scale relative to the people that inhabit them, but larger environments mean more to walk, and the speed of walking was slowed down uh, rather than increased. Madness. Uh, Which led to one of the greatest flaws in the game. It just takes fucking forever to get anywhere. Yep. (laughs) So, what did you feel? How did you feel about some of the the characters in the game? Like, from a design point of view? I don't. I don't. I remember. Okay. I remember one single character, like honestly, from the entire game. I beat this game like a week ago, uh, and I only remember him because his portrait is the greatest JRPG portrait of all time. It's a, uh, it's a Ryan from one of the characters' second generation. I can't even remember the like the main character of that part's name, but man, everyone should look up the character portrait for Ryan because it is it is amazing. Yeah, and this is this is the thing, right? Me, me and Kelly, uh, Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> I take it. Hi, Brett. Uh, me, yeah, me and Brett took different routes through this game. Uh, so at the very end of the first segment, we both chose the opposite person to marry, and yeah. it just went from there. And I, so I never met this character. <laughs> I just had to, like Skelly just posted a picture of him to me, and I was like, oh man, he looks <laughs> He's so, cool. so cool. And I think wasn't he like the leader of a resistance or something? 
Yeah, he was like the leader of like a thieves guild or resistance or something. Again, it had like two lines of dialogue and then was never mentioned by anyone again. Yeah, so, which is, which uh, is fairly not sure. That's fairly typical of this game throughout. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah um, the only real so I think Reese was the first guy who had blue hair. I can't remember sounds, the name. That sounds right. I can't remember the name of his unconscious girlfriend. Um, <laughs> who we just who we just found lying on the beach. I'm going to marry you. Um, and uh, I remember, is it Miu and Ren, the two cyborgs? Yeah, the two like, robots. Yeah, they, 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 they stick you. with you the entire game. Yeah, they're the only characters that follow you. And then obviously there's there's Leah and Leah, yep. <laughs> the two sisters. The two sisters, <laughs> we'll, two sisters we'll, with the we'll, exact same name. Yep, we'll get to that. <laughs> oh my god! But yeah, um, I thought yeah, I thought generally the game yeah the portraits were a bit lame to be honest with you. Like yeah. most of the characters, as as and it's always like you just play sons as the game goes on, and uh, they just seem to change hair color depending yeah. on who you've married. It's like blue you've or married. blonde or like kind of glowy blue. Yeah, so I think your second character had brown hair because you kind of took like the human route, whereas I took the magical route. So I had like blue, yeah. then like white, and then green hair at the end with Sean. Yeah, because you you married our actual wife, and I married this lady I met like five minutes before and I can't remember anything about her. Yeah. She was one who broke you out of prison. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the beginning of the game. Um, what do you think about the locations of the game then? I thought like they weren't that, that interesting, but I thought like the premise of having like six different like areas, like you have the, the snow, it's kind of like a snow world. We get into like why it's kind of split off differently uh, hmm. later. Or like a like a desert world, which I don't know. I like theming like that. I always think that sort of stuff in JRPGs is fun, but it's mm. I don't know, kind of maybe not the most you know interesting thing in the world. But I, I know it was okay. Yeah, I liked I liked the moons when you got to finally go to the moons, and it turns out they're actually yeah. just satellites, which is a bit weird. Uh, but I love going to the moons in video game. <laughs> yeah, it's it's something about it, isn't it? <laughs> it's like it's you like never quite yeah. reached the moon in Final Fantasy VIII, but even the fact you're trying to get there seems quite. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> And then dungeons. Dungeons probably like the most awful part of the design. Yeah, of the dungeons game. are horrible. Oh my god! Everyone is like, it's it's just a maze, and if you pick the wrong path, like just go go back. Like there's yeah. there's no like treasure chest down here or anything for you. It's just nothing, and it's like mm. not even built in a way that would make sense in reality. It's just like okay, this path leads to nothing. This it's path just, also leads to nothing. This path leads to two paths. For me, it's the design of how horrible it is. Because even, like you've either got two designs, you've got like the cave designs or the like futuristic type uh, hallway designs, where it's yeah. just like a glass floor, but it's essentially just a big glass grid, and occasionally there's a broken tile which you can't walk over. Yeah, at intersections it'll just be broken, so it's like, oh, can't go this way. Yeah, like, like the caves, I didn't have too much of a problem with actually thinking about it because like caves can suck in real life, I guess, but like, yeah, the future stuff is horrible. Yeah, so it's just it's just like. Ah, it was yeah. It was mainly the future stuff, and it got worse as the game went on because, like, they were they were you know it was kind of like go up, down, round, and then there was like occasionally a big metal bit of machinery in your way, and you couldn't get past it. But yeah. the very final dungeon was literally just a square grid of single yeah, glass lines and pillars leading leading up and down and left and right, and, and there was like any- one space in between them. Yeah, there wasn't even any pillars though. It was just all glass floors with like in square in a square grid, so you couldn't like go. You had to work your way up, down, left, right, like you say, all the way through it with just broken tiles. And there's just there's only one correct route to get to the boss. Yeah, and it's I, just like- I 
I looked up a map for it and I opened it up in paint and I just drew the <laughs> drew the route. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> this is the way. <laughs> but yeah, it's so it's so disappointing after Fantasy Star Two. One of like the biggest criticisms of Fantasy Star Two was how complex the dungeons were, but every dungeon was really nicely designed and completely different. Like they really went for it, and like it was basically they had like a brand new employee at the company who they asked to design the dungeons, and he just went balls out. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and they and they were like too, they felt too harsh to be like, no, these are too big. <laughs> like, oh but, god, we gotta leave it in. Oh, I don't. I'm gonna feel so bad if we have to take this guy's workout. He works so yeah. hard. If we have to tell him that we can't do this, like he's gonna commit Harry Curie or something. <laughs> but, yeah, um, like, yeah. This game has like two two dungeons. They both suck. It's a cave or it's a glass walkway, yeah. and they're both <laughs> not good at all. But where this game shines is the enemy sprites. They look really good. Like they're not they're not like animated at all, but they're just like crazy goofy looking monsters and like robots and shit. Yeah, I know. There's not there's not a lot that sort of carry over between like the Fancy Star series. There's like the weird wasp thing that you fight, and then I think there was like a couple of other weird things, but most of them. There's like, like the little rabbity kind of guys. Yeah, I don't even I don't even remember those from the first two games though. <laughs> like, and yeah, and then you get some really crazy ones like the big Titan monsters. There's the weird thing that kind of looks like it's a bit of a continent with some road on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like, I like the big floating heads with like like the jaw kind of messed up. Oh yeah, and uh, I like the fact you could fight like General Bice. No, you could. It was Guile's floating head towards the end of it from Street Fighter 2. And then when you got uh, to the boss, it was like, they put Guile's head on top of Bison's body. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, some of them are like, it's just like the goofy, weird, like early 90s JRPG. Like, it's just it's just a weird thing and now you have to go murder it. Yeah, but yeah, if you want to check out the sprites for this game, like, that is where they put all the work in. Fantasy Star 2, they put all the work into the dungeons. <laughs> Fantasy Star 3, they did it into the enemy sprites, which was a yeah, terrible Yeah, they saved idea. all that dungeon work by just making a really shitty one and <laughs> using it over and over. Yeah, it's like copy and paste, copy and paste. <laughs> Break that tile. All right, let's, let's, let's keep going then. All right. Apart from the frustratingly slow walking speed, the game is more approachable than its predecessors. The dungeons are smaller and more straightforward dungeons, and apart from a bit at the very beginning to get yourself started, level grinding is almost never really necessary. Bosses are still too rare, however, and most of them are barely stronger than regular enemies, making for disappointing fights. I think I fought three bosses in the entire game, yeah, same and <laughs> I didn't use any strategy at all. The only strategy I used was like, okay, every couple turns I'll have this person use the group heal. Yeah, the only, the only boss that caused me problems was the very final boss. And like, yeah, I had, sometimes I, I used had... a couple of extra things for that, but that was just because yeah. I decided to look up in a guide what was the best way to kill him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for that one, I, I, I had a a person group healing every turn and then every like fourth turn I would have a second person group healing tactics uh, no I think there's a spell called Fabian or something where it makes your character's strength go up oh Fanby of course yeah, the, Fanby. the spell they they definitely tell you how it works in the game <laughs> exactly. uh, that's, a, that's, a, that's a manual thing Frost will yell at me <laughs> I don't think it is in the manual actually <laughs> Oh, no, they're, no, it is, okay. It is, it is in the manual. I did read the manual. Oh, okay. I won't be. <laughs> but you're never gonna. Rem- you're never gonna remember that unless you've got it open in front of you. <laughs> yeah, and the the dungeon. Like another thing about the dungeons, they're all like one screen, pretty much. Like there's one that has two layers, I think, and I think that's the only one. Uh, I think both the both the moons do. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. 
but yeah, uh, yeah. They, they both suck. Anyway, <laughs> what little script Fantasy Star 3 has is in perfect English, which doesn't necessarily mean it got a perfect translation. As with Fantasy Star and Fantasy Star 2, a fan retranslation was eventually completed. The script is slightly wordier and more detailed and generally makes more logical sense, particularly when it comes to some of the characters' motivations. I don't know any of the characters' motivations in this video game. Yep. The whole Law of Arachio and Law of Laia thing, according to which both heroes forbade killing in their final message to their followers, is what is referred to in more instances and helps i don't remember this at all is referred to in more instances and helps to explain certain parts of the story there's also a bit of flavor to the dialogue although it's also clumsier at times it's got other interesting differences possibly motivated by censorship rather than just an ancestral enemy to the iraqians laia is introduced as a goddess of darkness while the lions call her the goddess of love the old boat owner who takes you to the island cave to get the sapphire early on wants a woman on board because he likes to leer at them. His request for a cyborg as a good luck charm in the official lo- localization never made any sense since no other cyborg exists in Landon at the time of the game. Yep. <laughs> so, and I, I played the opening part of the game uh, with the fan translation and I actually thought it was worse. <laughs> oh, yeah? <laughs> it's, yeah, it's just like, it seemed really boring. Like, the, the, the opening of the game like one of the best bits when, like, you're you you're just about to get married that weird monster turns up and takes your yeah, wife away yeah big dragon just steals your <laughs> <laughs> and then you get really pissed off and angry and like i'm going to go kill everyone every lyrian and then your dad goes no you you go to jail call off for, for the night and then it's just like i played the localization that all just seemed like really calm this was the best bit of the game <laughs> you've toned it down i understand this guy's motivation is wife got stolen by a gargoyle let yeah, him be mad. I, would want to, I would want to go kill out every <laughs> every liarian or whatever they're called <laughs> yeah now one of the things i did like and i don't know if you noticed this when you was on the overworld the music changed as you got more characters and essentially no. the overworld music had five layers and so every time you picked up a character, it would add in a new layer to the music. That's cool. And I saw a video of this on YouTube where they showed it as like you have one character, two characters, and then all the way up to five and how the music suddenly grew. And it was really cool. But yeah, I have to say, I didn't notice it while I was playing the game. I, I also definitely did not notice it. I listened, I listened I, to the music a lot because I like the music from Fantasy Star Games. Free is a, is a big low point. <laughs> yeah, I... I uh, don't remember enjoying any tracks particularly, but I remember being annoyed by some tracks. Like the one on the moon, the moon palace is like... Oh, and of course, the the robotic noise when every battle starts. Yeah. And when it ends, it's like... It does it until you push a button. Yeah. But again, what I the sound effect for the needle weapon is like beep 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 it's like <laughs> it's, it's just a lot of it's so bad that's gonna be a great 30 seconds of audio for <laughs> everyone listening yeah i know beep, 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 beep. um but one again one of the things they did cool one of the things they did good on this was because in the battles the music was different depending on the enemies you were facing so if you were facing an easy set of enemies there would be like this really like light hard light-hearted battle music then if you was kind of like facing a mediumly difficult enemy, you get this like just fairly normalish music. And then if you was if you're gonna die against the enemy, it's this really like intense, stressful music that comes on. Oh, that's cool. And so I also spo- did, didn't notice that at all. No. Again, it's supposed to encourage you to like be like, ah, maybe I should run away. 
That's that's a good idea. Like in in theory, again, I think that's a smart idea because like some JRPGs, you want you wander into place and you're like, am I supposed to be here? And then everyone dies in one hit, and you're like, okay, I guess not. But if it's like, nah, you're gonna get fucked up music, then I'd be like, oh, okay, I'll run. Yeah, man. But yeah, I really like. I'd say again, they they've put some really nice quirks into this game, but not a lot. Yeah, that's cool stuff. <laughs> cool stuff with the music and the the enemy designs, but that's about it. <laughs> unlike its predecessors there's not much in the way of ports for fantasy star 3 not surprising it shows up on the fantasy star collection for the gba and with a slightly redone ui to accommodate lower resolution and and a, and a weaker soundtrack <laughs> oh. <sighs> how can it get any worse <laughs> the other compilation versions for the Saturn and PS2 include uh, the same enhancements, enhancements as its prior releases, including faster walking speed and lower Ooh. difficulty. <laughs> and yeah, that's pretty much it for the development of the game. All right. So with that out of the way and the history, uh, we're going to take a quick break before we move on to gameplay. Hey folks, my name's Brett and I'm one of the hosts of Skeleton House, an audio-only Let's Play podcast where my two friends Jess... What is happening? Oh my god! ...and Steve... Even he looks spooked. ...play through video games and I edit them, add context, and act as your eyeballs. Also, we have a cat. Come check us out at skeletonhouse.buzzsprout.com or look up Skeleton House on your favorite podcast app. Or your least favorite podcast app, I'm not here to tell you how to live your life. section or at least i hope so <laughs> uh this is a mostly standard jrpg uh, blah, 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 can't speak mostly standard jrpg stuff uh with overworld battles cookie cutter towns repetitive dungeons and good old-fashioned backtracking uh but the actual battle system is the finest example i think i've ever played of hit it until it dies <laughs> see i've got, got my bestiary quote there yeah perfect. <laughs> uh which which by the way the bestiary has made a comeback yeah, you think you guys have had, what, two episodes out in the last, <laughs> since yeah, the, of like, three-year hiatus? It's, it's, yeah, yeah, you know, three-year hiatuses always work well for my podcasts, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, in battle, your characters are no longer visible, um, which is a shame, because that was a good part of Final, uh, Fantasy Star 2, uh, and the enemies barely move. Yeah, there's a couple things you touched on that I want to expand on a little bit. Oh, yeah. Um, the mostly standard RPG stuff is how you described it. And I think I also, I messaged you and I said, this game feels like the JRPG that people <laughs> think all JRPGs are when they say they don't like JRPGs. <laughs> yes. Cause it's just wandering around and getting in random battles and talking to people who give you like the most cryptic advice ever. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's just, it feels like, it feels like a game that it, I, I don't know. It's hard to say. But like <laughs> I know it does it just feels like the worst example of a JRPG <laughs> yeah just like, like yeah, even yeah, play this <laughs> Final Fantasy came out after Fantasy Star 1 
but like I feel like the the dungeons in Final Fantasy are so much better than the dungeons in Fantasy Star Three. Yeah, oh, but man, you should play Fantasy Star One. The dungeons in that are magnificent. They're like three D dungeon crawlers. Yeah, it's like a first person sort of thing. Isn't it? Yeah, it's so it's so cool. And considering that was made on the um, uh, what do you call it, the Master System, like it is extremely impressive. Like, yeah, yeah. that's that's rad. I, I I thoroughly recommend Fantasy Star One to everyone. Beautiful game, beautiful sprite works, lovely dungeons. You know, if you like dungeon crawlers. <laughs> Uh, and yeah. also, b- before we move on again, I'm gonna, I'm gonna slow us down a bit. Hit it till it dies. Ninety nine percent of the fights, I just used the auto battle, and the only fights I didn't were those three boss fights where I healed every couple of rounds. Uh, I don't think I can quite go for that high number because I spent the good like twenty minutes at the start of the game <laughs> figuring out the battle system, and then was like, okay, but this one here does auto battle, which just means everyone's going to attack. <laughs> yeah, this and one then just that, goes. that carried on up until the very end of the game. There were even there were even bosses in the middle where, like, I was thinking, okay, I should probably heal now, and then the boss died. <laughs> it's yeah, like, it's like okay, oh, well, okay. I'll be on the world map, I guess. Yeah, that's what I mean. I only used heal spells pretty much in the menu outside of battle. <laughs> And it was only like, the I very think- last fight where I actually had to heal during the battle. And it was just like, yeah, this is a thing. <laughs> I'm just hit everything I, I think it died. <laughs> the idea they have set up is is kind of like interesting um, because you, you go in and you input your character's commands like before the, the fight kicks off and you hit like, okay, go a turn. And then everyone mm. goes a turn depending on their speed. and They do all that stuff. But like the problem with it is it's just so much easier to hit one button than to go through like the clunky UI <laughs> yes. of like, okay, I have to go right, hit this, click into this guy, go right, click the spell, click the spell, pick who I want to use the spell on, click that, and then hit go turn. Or I could just hit like, yeah. okay, everyone attack See, and save myself like 15 seconds. See, Fantasy Star 2 had a similar system, but it felt more polished. And it seems to, and it felt to me that it worked better than it does in Fantasy Star 3. And then Fantasy Star 4 actually pretty much uses the same system as Fantasy Star 2, except they give you macros. So they give you like 10 spots, I think it is, where you can actually set up which commands they're going to use. Oh, that's pretty cool. It's like, so, a, like a Final Fantasy twelve Gambit or something? Yeah, exactly. So you could be like, okay, oh. I want the first two to attack, him to heal, and him to use fire. And then that'll be one of your macros. And you could just go down and pick which ones you want during the battle. That's which is really rad. cool. So you could just be like, you could have like an emergency one at the bottom, which is like everybody fucking heal. Everybody, everybody heal. <laughs> that sounds like the perfect implementation of like the idea that it feels like this game had. Yeah, and that's what they're yeah, doing. It's just like way too clunky. Yeah, and that's what they do in Fantasy Star 4 to kind of correct a lot of these clunkiness issues to be like, well, you can take the time in the menu beforehand and then it will make the battles a lot smoother, which is pretty cool. That's, that's cool. All right, but to continue, after uh, sidetracking us for so long, the location-appropriate backgrounds are back, sometimes featuring parallax scrolling for clouds in the lake, a feature introduced in the North American version. But they aren't as intricate as those found in Fantasy Star, released on a weaker system nearly three years before. <laughs> or or, or use free, which is like... Chef oh, the Parallax Parallax is so good. <laughs> so, so good. I can't get over how good it is. <laughs> <laughs> Other terrible highlights include, but are not limited to, terrible menus within menus. We talked about this a little bit with the, the battle UI, but it's the same for shops and like everything. It's just like you have to click on 18 different things to do the one thing you want to do. <laughs> yep. Uh, there's also the slow walking speed. Uh, back to shops, buying only one item at a time. Yep. There's also the slow walking speed. And then uh, you have to buy those items for specific characters after going through all those menus. And sometimes they'll be like, no, I can't. I just can't hold this. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, I hate that so much. 
<laughs> um, there's also uh, this thing which is the slow walking speed and then we got uh, spells with terrible names that don't tell you what they're going to do yep and there's uh, the slow walking speed and then there is having to adjust the power of these spells only to realize you did it to the wrong one because of the terrible naming of said spells <laughs> yep <laughs> that was so annoying uh, and then there's also uh, this uh, terrible walking speed and then there were all the characters having different inventories, so you have to sell items and gear from the correct character in the shops. Yep. Uh, and then again, there's also the slow walking speed. And then we have uh, characters with item space picking out items from a chest and having to give it to a different character through a bunch of menus, only to find out they can't equip the item, so you have to equip it, see if it'll equip on the next character and go through that process again. <laughs> uh, slow walking speed. And then, of course, there's the uh, anal bleeding. Yep, and then finally, there's uh, the slow, uh, the really, really slow walking speed. Wait, hold, Bill, what was that last one you put what? in here? What? Well, I don't know. Uh, let's carry on. Uh, so, okay. in short, <laughs> in short, the UI is awful. Uh, the fights have an auto option, uh, <laughs> auto option, auto battle option, which is great, uh, but takes uh, all the joy out of the battles and this is little challenge and um, other than making sure the whole team has enough items to survive the long walk or winding dungeons yeah yeah we kind of went into this but man man that auto battle sure got clicked a lot yeah yeah it sure did <laughs> just hold down a <laughs> hit it till it tries <sighs> anyway let's carry on let's go to the next bit shall we of course Let's talk about the story aspects of Yeast Free because it looks like I forgot to update the sheet to say Fantasy Star Free. <laughs> <laughs> let's go back to Yeast Three. Let's do it. Yeah, let's I like that it. black sheet more than this black sheet. <laughs> okay, right. So let's jump into the story. Right. This land, you are told, is called Landon. <laughs> um, a thousand years before, a great war took place between uh, Orakio, who led an army of engineers and robots, and uh, Liar. Who, um, who the people fought, whose people fought with magic and monsters. Uh, the war ended in a stalemate, both the leaders presumably dying in the final battle, uh, and their followers came to worship them as gods. Today, Ocarians and uh, Lyarians uh, live apart and still hate each other, though the Ocarians of Landon have not <laughs> seen a You're pronouncing it different every time you read that word. <laughs> okay. Orakians. Right, sorry, Orakians. Yeah, sorry. I, I, I just... I just speed read over it and it's just like, oh, <laughs> but you know what? I just don't fucking care about these Arakians. <laughs> yeah, I understand. I understand completely. <laughs> so funny though. Um, yeah, so although the Arakians have not seen um, a Lyarian in centuries, uh, though Landon looks nothing like any planet of the Algo star system, there are hints and connections here and there, such as stories of ancient evil called Dark Force or the currency that's being used, which is called Mesetas, after the Spanish Peseta. Of course. Which is no longer the founding hero 
<laughs> the founding hero of the saga is Reese, Prince of Landing, who is set to marry a young woman named Maya, found lying on a beach mo- a few months before with no memories of her past. In the <laughs> middle of her wedding, a dragon swoops in and kidnaps Maya, cursing at the filthy Iraqians assembled in the castle. In a rage, Reese orders the army to follow him in a war, and his father, the king, has him thrown in the dungeon. He got too mad. A girl named Lena, or Lena perhaps, helps him escape, and he sets out to find Maya, traveling to other worlds by traversing high-tech passages and sealed-off mountain caves. There, the game establishes a pattern it will repeat with every scenario. In each of them, you will meet two women, like Maya and Lena, who will want to marry you by the end, making you king of somewhere. The game will then <laughs> jump 15 or 20 years ahead, when some new trouble will arise, like your new moon home expl- exploding, and your children picking up the fight to end to the end game. <laughs> yes. Um... Uh, and uh, just to note, this is where you, you pick up Ren and Miu on on your journey, and they follow you throughout. Yeah, um, so the, it gets quite difficult. Ones. Now, obviously, it gets quite difficult here because you essentially have like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven different stories yeah. throughout the game. So we're not going to go through each and every one because that would be like you know pulling teeth or flogging a dead horse, whichever one you want to use. So we're just going to sort of go for a, a sort of a brief overview. In the second generation, uh, Siren and Loon, uh, former generals of the Okian army, return from a long sleep to resume their war. Uh, by the third generation, a true evil is revealed, uh, accompanying the heroes and their love interests through all three generations of two androids, Ren and Mew, which I just spoke about, I shouldn't mention it, uh, who tell you they were programmed to serve you, <laughs> and little else. Uh, it's late in the second generation that you learn the truth of your world. Now, just to mention, Miu is kind of cool because she's like the knee of this game, and knee was one of the main characters from Fantasy Star 2. She uses the two claw attacks. Yeah, the claws. Yeah, which is really cool. Uh, and again, it just reminded me, it gave me a lot of like nostalgia for knee, and then made me think, I'd, yeah, r- I'd rather I, be playing Fantasy Star 2. <laughs> I, li- I like running Mew, like it might just be because oh, was it Mew? I, rec- I recognize him. <laughs> I think it was Mew. Mew? I'll keep calling because- him Mew. <laughs> Because <laughs> yeah, they're they're with you the whole time. Like they don't they don't ever do anything. Ren actually transforms He's into like awesome. a an airplane and a submarine and stuff, which is pretty sick. Yeah, and like like yeah, uh, actually, weird, like, I, I, uh, what's I know the thing, why I like them now. What's the water thing he turns into before he turns into a submarine? He's like a jet ski. like yeah, like a weird jet airship carrier boat thing. It's, I know, and it has this like really cool like um, Gundam wing transformation thing. Just before yeah, it does yeah. It. The transformation animations are pretty sick too. Yeah, but I mean, again, this is like I only got to do that once I got to the third generation. It's just like, man, I wish I had this fucking. Good. <laughs> I've been walking around this fucking game for three generations it's, now. It's so, so looking well, at all these the airplanes airplane, dotted around, <laughs> all these oh, ports you're just and zooming around, and I can't oh, see any like. And it finally lets me use them at the very end of the game. It's just like, oh. yeah. I've already got that warp thing now to go through the temples. Like I don't actually need this. <laughs> <laughs> and the the truth of the world is that the game actually takes place on a giant spaceship, the Elisa Three, that escaped the destruction of Parma in Fantasy Star Two. And the different worlds are just separate sections of the ship. With time, some version of Dark Force, having gotten aboard the ship, manipulated the surviving Parmans into fighting each other until they nearly annihilated each other and lost knowledge of the ship's technology, leaving it to float through space with no particular destination. Just like the writing team. Um, then, <laughs> <laughs> then we find some weapons of legend like uh, that get renamed the Weapons of Knee, and like I can't explain how angry I was with Fantasy Star 2, <laughs> right? I don't. I'm gonna. I'm gonna spoil it. For you. Uh, do you want a spoiler? Fantasy Star. 2? I, I I listened to the the Golden Years Fantasy Star two. Give it to me. All right. Okay. Yeah. So Ni, nee, who's like one of your main characters at the beginning and is really great, uh, she dies halfway through the game, right? And it's like proper impactful 
as a, uh, for you as a player. They 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 nailed that impact, right? But suddenly, at the very end of the game, you have to go seek out like these ultimate weapons, and they're called the weapons of of knee or nigh, whatever you want to call it. And it's just like, how are these weapons of legend from like a thousand years ago called the weapons of nigh? <laughs> He's been in my fucking team. And then suddenly, Fantasy Star 3 pulls fucking knife weapons out of his ass as well. <laughs> it's just like... And it doesn't even say that. Like, you go... Like, you have to get Oracchio's sword and Lena's bow, but she... Her and sister was in slicer and Lina's yeah, bow. That's what I mean. Like, half these weapons I'd already got through the game anyway. And it was just like, oh, this is cool. And then you go talk to a guy who then goes, all right, I'm going to change them all to knee. And also, by the way, I'm not going to tell you, but I'm going to unequip them from all your team that have been using them. <laughs> Which is pretty funny. So you fucker. <laughs> Do you know how hard that dungeon is under this fucking temple? <laughs> and you've just unequipped all my weapons and then changed the names? So I'm now like, where, where's, where's Arachio's sword gone? <laughs> it's just oh, like, man. oh man, yeah, I was so angry at that. It's just like, I can't believe they've done this to me again. <laughs> you bastards. <laughs> um, anyway, so yeah, you have to go collect these weapons and then go kill Dark Force, which for me was really, really funny when he died. <laughs> Yeah, we had we had two because of our our lineages. I guess we had two different final words from Dark Force. Uh, you want to go yours first? Uh, oh yeah, where was mine? I think I was. I'm down near the bottom here somewhere. Yeah, I'm, I'm the bottom one, uh, Sean. So after the final battle, Dark Forces, <laughs> and it's just this has cracked me up. He, he regrets only destroying one moon. <laughs> they all return in a thousand years. <laughs> it's just like oh I genuinely I just actually started laughing out loud it's just like, like my only regret is I only destroyed one moon <laughs> it's just like mine, mine was pretty good too I had wasn't that ship explosion a blast <laughs> oh, thank mate. you thank you primeval evil force for I, uh, for that one absolutely love it it's so good uh, and then essentially all your characters do the same thing uh, when you get these weapons of knife for whatever reason uh, you get the uh, Megid- uh, Megiddo spell which yep. essentially blows up like the evil city and Miu gets a spell which means she can like teleport you away from the destruction. <laughs> and I was kind of I was kind of bummed because they're just like cutscene spells. I was like, "Oh, you learned Megiddo." I'm like, "Oh, I heard of that before." And I went looking for it. And I'm like, "No, I no, I fucking didn't. I don't have this anywhere. What are you talking about?" Uh so right, let's, let's let's go through some of the endings. So, do you want to start with Aaron? Or was that the one that you Yeah, did? with Aaron. Uh that was that was me. After the battle, Dark Force cheers for how he destroyed 399 out of 400 shifts that left Palm. He says that he will return to finish this ship off in a thousand years. And then, yeah, the ending scene, which involves Aaron using Megiddo to, like, blow something up, I think. Yeah. Uh, and then we get we get the final the final stinger for Aaron's scene where the, the ship goes through a black hole and it comes out the other end and it floats past a familiar blue planet and we get a message... This is the London Communication Center on Earth. Whoa! It's kind of dumb. It's kind of really dumb, but I know it's kind of cool too. <laughs> yep, it is. But it gets cooler, right? We're gonna we're gonna get to that in a second. <laughs> uh, then there's the uh, Aiden. I think it is. Uh, he's like after the battle with Dark Force. He says how he nearly got you into the black hole, and he'll return in one thousand years. And then it's Megato time. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, you narrowly avoid a black hole. But then this is where we get into the the, the time looping fact of this game. So I'll, I'll let okay, you take here the we first go. <laughs> Time looping. 
Aaron's path is the shortest of the three de- of the third generation paths. Oh, that's excellent to hear. I'm glad I got that one. <laughs> All you have to do is go into Dahlia's dungeon and pick up the arrow parts for Ren to turn him into a fucking d- airplane. Then go to Iridia and collect Laia. Then collect the knee weapons. G- knee weapons. Then go to Lashute and wreck everyone's shit as usual. In fact, it's not even strictly necessary to collect Laia. You can give Laia's bow to Ren or Mew at the end of the second generation and then finish Aaron's quest with just the four characters you start with. That's interesting. Anyway... What really sets it apart is the ending. After Lashute is destroyed, the ship heads toward a black hole just like an Aiden's path, but instead of avoiding it, it falls in and somehow comes out intact on the other side. Ren reports that the Elisa 3 has traveled through space and time and is approaching a planet. Then the planet sends a transmission. Greetings, alien craft. Identify yourselves. This is the London Communication Center on Earth of the Soul System. Over and out. Yeah. So this ending uh, gets a whole lot interesting when you know the ending of Fantasy Star 2, uh, which essentially Earth people come to Algo to wreck your ship. <laughs> um, the Algo system in uh, PS2 was ruled by an evil computer called Mother Brain, and that computer was built by colonists from Earth who were escaping their own world due to some sort of vaguely described ecological disaster that they brought upon themselves. Sounds familiar. <laughs> so in Aaron, in, Aaron, in Aaron's ending... Uh, the arrival of the Elisa Free is probably how the people of Earth found out about Algo and decided to send a colony ship there in the first place, which resulted in the destruction of Palm, which resulted in the launch of the Elisa Free, which went back in time to contact Earth. Wow. And there you get a time loop. So, you know, we get a proper Final Fantasy one time loop going on here. Fantastic. Of course, all this uh, means that when um, Arden or Chris arrive at Earth's present day, they'll probably, they'll presumably find it devoid of human life. Okay, so for Chris, we have Dark Force's last words was that he so dearly wanted the ship to burn in the sun. He disappears saying that he will return in another a thousand years. And then, you know, Megiddo explode. And then uh, we there's this one where we go through another black hole and end up at a, a different, same different planet, perhaps. At last, our journey is almost over. I think there is also a, ser- a theory that this is the story that leads to PSO. Maybe. It's all conjecture and nothing is official. I think. I couldn't find anything. This is me speaking as Bill. I couldn't find anything, but Kai said it was a thing. I should should have put that as me to say that. (laughs) Yeah, Kai Kai mentioned that this was a thing that I think this ending and this planet you arrive at is the start of uh, Fantasy Star Online or Fantasy Star Universe, one of the two. I I can can see that. I couldn't find any mention of it online, so it might just all be in Kai's head. (laughs) (laughs) It's green. The planet in PSO is green, I think. And then the best ending, uh, which is one I got... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> After the final battle, Dark Force says how he only regrets destroying one moon. I wish I could have destroyed more moons. So <laughs> and then he'll return in a thousand years. And it's Megato, baby. And then you get friends reunited. We meet the spaceship Neo Palm. So one of the two surviving spaceships from the 400 that left Palm when it was destroyed in Fantasy Star 2. Oh, that was complicated. <laughs> fantastic stuff and everything that happened in between the start of the game and your wife gets kidnapped and uh you blow up dark force doesn't matter i don't remember any of it (laughs) yeah um yeah no my my second generation started with the the moon i was living on being blown up (laughs) i remember that and then i don't remember much else it was just kind of just fetch questing around again i my my wife who was the queen of the moon said some something's happening and then oh some guy got woken up because uh i used the the satellite control panel to bring the moon closer and the guy got really pissed and i had to go beat him up for some reason i think i think that was my oh, yeah, that, that was too. that was loon um 
I didn't meet Loon until the third generation. And when I got there, one of his soldiers said, oh, Loon's really depressed. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, he's depressed. He fucking blew up my moon. Now he, re- and now he regrets it. And he's just like, yeah, I regret blowing up your moon. Anyway, you need to go do this next. It's just like, you fucker. Oh, okay. you, you, need, you need to pay for your crimes. You killed my mum and dad. <laughs> Don't worry. I, I murdered him for you, I think. I'm, I may have let him go. I can't remember. Maybe I married him at the end. Who knows? <laughs> I like that. Let's marry Loon. <laughs> oh, anyway, right. There's a, there's a final little thing in here just about a glitch at the beginning of the game, which is quite funny. Um, before you meet the king at the start of the game, uh, you can sell your boots in order to get some cash and then buy an escape pipe, uh, which you can then use to escape your cell rather than being freed by Lena. Uh-huh. Unfortunately, this results in certain flags not being set. Uh, so you can never proceed with the story. You can, however, talk to the king, who is aware of the situation, and he congratulates you on your resourcefulness before breaking the fourth wall by telling you to press the reset button. <laughs> That's really good. So yeah, That's so hilarious. It's funny, because like, the developers obviously knew about it, but they, they didn't have some other workaround, like the shop's not scaling, selling escape pipes until after you escaped. No, it's like one more thing you got to program. Just say like, no, nah, hit the reset button, idiot, you fucked up. Yeah, but yeah, it might have been they just discovered it late in testing and was just like, eh, this would be fun. <laughs> I think that's pretty funny. All right, then, let's get on. Let's, let's, let's rate this motherfucker. I'm feeling I'm feeling high numbers so how do you feel about the complex winding generational storyline <laughs> I think the idea of having different stories like if I was a kid and I had this game I'd be pretty psyched because I'd be like oh I have like six fucking games in here um but like nothing happens and like the lore is kind of cool like oh my planet exploded I'm in a spaceship it turns out and like the moon is actually a satellite and there's like people living on it but uh I feel like none of this stuff actually gets explored very well so <laughs> yeah exactly the execution is terrible <laughs> I'm like between like a, I'm gonna say a three, three. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty much leaning on a four here, and I feel like I'm being quite generous. <laughs> like, <laughs> the concept's great, but yeah, it's just execution maybe not not so much. Uh, so I think combat wise, again, I just mashed the auto battle button. I'm gonna yeah. give it a two. <laughs> I'm really I, I am gonna give it a two as well. The one time I had to like go in and use the the things, it took way too damn long. But I'm like, yeah, there's an idea here. But that is that is what that one extra point is for. Yeah, pretty pretty much. Dark Force at the end was the only interesting battle. So yeah. <laughs> so non combat, the the lovely menu system and walking around and walking. The UI. We haven't gotten to the UI very much, but like the UI is horrible. It's menus inside of menus inside of menus, and like you can give people the wrong things. You're like, no, I can't take this, and uh, it's just horrible so bad (laughs) because like what else do we do we bought buying weapons and stuff is always fun buying like getting new equipment having to change your magic 
uh, to whichever. Yeah, more the powerful. technique shop we didn't really talk about, but you can like. I thought that was a cool idea. Again, again, maybe not executed very well, where you can like power up certain magic at the expense of other magic. I mean, given, uh, but you know what it, sucks? Given it always costs ten Meseta, right? And pretty much after the first generation, ten Meseta is nothing. Yeah, <laughs> they might as well have just made it something that you can do in the menu system. That, yeah, that <laughs> rather than have better. to go to a shop. Oh my god! Of course, we haven't spoken about poison. I was going to say, this is what I was going to bring up. You have a spell, an anti, which uh, takes off poison, uh, but the anti spell, even if it is charged up, you're at the end of the game and you have one character who has anti maxed out because you hate poison. Even if it's maxed out, it has a chance to fail. So you go into the menu, click, 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 click on anti, click on the character, and then nothing happens. So you have to go through the menu again to try and unpoison your character because if you're poisoned you can't heal even at inns or you have to go if you don't have anti you have to use an item which you have to go buy some antidotes or you can go talk to the dude who lives above the priest and she'll heal the poison off you but it's like eight freaking clicks through a damn menu to do it <laughs> yeah and it costs five and say to reach to do it yeah five dollars there was a point where because um, it was the same thing with all the spells when you used them in the menu there was a chance that it wouldn't do anything um, generally the healing spell kind of worked okay for me I always had it really charged up but um, the the res spell which also <laughs> lovingly reses you to 100% <laughs> Yeah. Health, which is good but um i got to the point i was in a dungeon and i didn't have much um i didn't have much mp or whatever like tp i didn't have much tp left and I, I i got it on to the point where i was about to click it on the character that was dead and then i did a save state <laughs> then i used it and he didn't wake up so i reloaded my save state and then used it again and he woke up <laughs> it's like it's very what's the fucking in- logic ingenuity here? That's hilarious. And <laughs> I, I was just like, I can't be bothered to use my escape pipe and then come back in here. <laughs> this is a waste of time. I'm going to save state until he, until he reses properly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, with all of that, non-combat, I don't know, three, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to give it a four. I'm going to be slightly more generous. Uh, Visual-wise, oh, this is... This is such a disappointing step down from Fantasy Star 2. Everything in Fantasy Star 2 is better, looks better, feels better, runs smoother. Even the walking speed is slightly faster. And I had complaints about the walking speed in Fantasy Star 2. (laughs) I'm never going to complain about it again. So the visuals are just bad as far as I'm concerned. The only visuals that are great are the enemy sprites. And they are so good that it's going to bump it up to a 5 for me. Considering most of the game was spent looking at the enemies as they slowly died on my screen. <laughs> or yeah. point, or I got angry at because they poisoned me and I realised I had to go back to the fucking town. <laughs> Why are you son myself? of a bitch, you little, you little rabbit son of a bitch? You got that poison spell for no reason other than to waste my time? That bloody and, purple yeah, no. rat in the desert? Stop poisoning me! <laughs> I, th- I think I feel pretty much exactly. I'll go, I'll go four, I think. There was that part, there was the parallax scrolling in the, uh, you have to take Ren down to the underwater temple with his submarine, oh. and, like, you can see the surface, and there's, like, like waves on the surface, and but the parallax scrolling, like, it hurt it hurt my stomach when I was going through that temple. Oh, it, made, it made me want to vomit. <laughs> it like, yeah, it was no good. Ah, oh, this is this is awful parallax scrolling. Where, where's, where's use free when I need it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, audio-wise, go on, I'll let you go with audio first. Uh, the music ranges from bad to, to like, I don't remember any of it. The sound effects are mostly horrible. Um, special mention the end of battle theme, the beginning of battle theme, and the, the needle sound effect. Which you hear, you hear those two themes uh, a lot, because you get into a lot of random battles in this game. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, there's probably like 
a good song or two, maybe. The the idea of like adding instruments every time you get a party member is pretty cool. I don't like uh, like a two. two. The, those sound effects you hear all the time are so grating. Like I thought my emulator was broken. I, I messaged you and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, Bill, is it so supposed funny. to sound like this? So like, yeah, yeah, that's how it sounds. <laughs> Um, I'm going to give it a three, just because they did use the the, the the really cool concept of adding layers to the music as you pick. You know up what? The yeah, characters. yeah. Bump bump me up to a three too. That's a really good idea. Okay. Yeah. And then also, I like the fact that the battle theme changing depending on how difficult the battle in front of you is was kind of a good idea too. But yeah. having good ideas with the music, but pairing it with terrible music <laughs> keeps it that's like down low. It's like the theme in this game. It's like, yeah, that's a good idea, but like, let's do it better. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> how can we take this great idea and do it terrible um and then finally we're going to end with overall feel and my overall feeling of this game is it's too easy and it's boring i think that's the yeah. worst thing for me it was just boring there was only a couple of bosses they weren't particularly difficult only the last boss had anything interesting about it like it took me three goes to kill him but it was just like, even still, it was just, I felt like most of that was just RNG and I just wasn't healing enough because I wasn't used to using the heal spell. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so I think overall, it's just quite a boring game. I'm just going to give it a four. Interesting concepts, but very boring. Yeah, I, I think I feel like pretty much exactly the same. I'm going to go, I'm going to go three. It's like one of the most forgettable JRPGs I think I've ever played, which sounds really harsh, but like, I don't know. Yeah, no, I think you're right. And, uh, doesn't count to the final score, but just for a bit of fun out of 10, uh, how would you rate the final boss? Now, I like you can rate it however you want. I like to rate it on difficulty, so I'm going to give him a four. Just because okay, I rate it, for this one specifically, yeah. I rate it on uh, enjoyment compared to the rest of the game. Uh, <laughs> enjoyment overall, it would be maybe, like maybe a four. It was an okay fight for yeah. what the game gives you. Uh, but compared, compared to the rest of the game, however, get back there. It was like a nine. It was like the best part of the game. <laughs> Wait, you want to give it a nine? I'm gonna give it a nine. It was the the final boss is the best part of the game. It's really boring and you don't really do anything. It's the best part of the game. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna give it a nine <laughs> for you. Give it a four slash nine. Let's make this as confusing as possible. <laughs> for anyone viewing this in the future. Yeah. Right, okay. Right. Have you got any final thoughts on the game while I tot up our totals? No, I think I think we pretty much nailed it. It's like a a game where I feel like because they, they put a bunch of people who like didn't have the experience on it which kind of sucks for them because from because it seems like they had really good ideas at points but just like i don't know if it's like the mechanics of how they created all the systems just like did not mesh at all this is the fun bit <laughs> three plus two plus three plus four plus three plus three equals 18 skelly oh savage it's a pretty low number <laughs> That feels right. It's not. It's not the worst game I've ever played, but it's like, not. It's not the best. Okay, so I gave it a uh, twenty-two out of sixty, and uh, Brett gave it a eighteen out of sixty, which means we give it a combined total overall of a thirty-three point three three percent. I'm sorry, Fantasy Star Three. We had to be a little harsh on you. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually. I'm actually quite surprised we were that harsh on it. To be honest with you, like, like it isn't great. I- but it's just, like I say, it's just just a bit boring. I kind of feel like I prefer playing games that are really bad because at least like something's happening. Yeah, at least I can dunk on it. It's funny thinking like we went to play Yeast Three because we heard it was terrible compared to Zelda Two, and ended up <laughs> yeah, liking we had such it a, good a lot time. more <laughs> than Zelda Two. Whereas this, this is like 
This is the second. Oh my god! This is the second lowest game we've ever rated. What's what's the lowest? Uh, Hydelide. Okay, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That thing I said earlier. I'm gonna bring it. I'm gonna bring it all all around. If you want to experience what it's like for your friend who doesn't like JRPGs, when you tell them to play a JRPG, play East. Uh, no, don't play East Three. Play East Three if you want a good game. Play Fantasy Star Three, and you'll be like, okay, this is what they see. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I, I'm really surprised that we. I'm I'm surprised we put it that low because that's on that's got the same score as Double Dungeons. Which oh, you didn't like I, you didn't like Double Dungeons, no, Dungeons at all. <laughs> Double Dungeons, I would say, is a horrible game in comparison to this. But you remember not, Double Dungeons. Yeah, I remember Double Dungeons. I will never remember. Fantasy in in Star. like five years, are you going to remember any of the things that happened in Fantasy Star Three? No, not at all. No, yeah. Not at all. But I mean, like it, it disappoints me that like Final Lap Twin is so low because I loved that game. <laughs> <laughs> that's got a thirty-five percent, and that was so. That's, oh, that game's great, and yet Willow's on here at forty-five, and that's awful. <laughs> I fucking hated Willow. <laughs> was that the Was that the movie tie-in game? Yeah, movie tie-in game for the NES. That's hilarious. Oh my and god! It was, like, it was like a Zelda-like, but with RPG mechanics. <laughs> and um, yeah. Not not great, but yeah, that, that's where it goes into the RPG thing, <laughs> um, and I'll, I'll I'll work out the RPG scale later on because that's a that's a beast of its own. Thank you, Scott, for making that a thing. <laughs> yeah, that's an amazing amazing tool. Yeah, we'll get to um, find out how much of an RPG it really is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, let's move on to listener feedback. Right, okay, we've got feedback from Disa, and I'll let you read that one, Skinny. You know, All right. All in all, I enjoyed PS3. It ranks the lowest in the series for me, but it's a very decent game. I, pre- I just prefer, in general, one big quest to multiple, and I am not fond of backtracking, so that impacted a good bit. But I'm glad to have finally played it. Hug emoji. I'm glad <laughs> she enjoyed it. Yeah. Was, um, it wasn't terrible. Like, I enjoyed it enough that I, I kept playing it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't, like, I didn't, I didn't give up halfway through. No. Unlike other games where I just sort of start playing it and then never play it for six months. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Metal Max Returns. Anyway, that's our, that's our next game. We'll get there. <laughs> Skelly's promised he's going to play it with me. <laughs> and then I'll let Skelly play a good game after that. Maybe Sky and Arcadia. <laughs> oh, that'd be sick. Yeah, oh, I tested that on my phone and it works. <laughs> I was really impressed. I was like, wow, this, this Dreamcast emulator looks really well on Android. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, emulator, we don't do emulation here. Uh, and then no, no, Kai... I'll, I'll legit. <laughs> sorry, go on, carry on. <laughs> No, that's it. <laughs> I'm just oh, bullshitting. <laughs> and then uh, Kai actually left like a whole conversation with me in Discord, which I couldn't really remember. So I've just put Kai said this game exists. <laughs> yep, I 100% agree with that. <laughs> yep, because <laughs> somewhere in that conversation was where he dropped in that in one of the ending relates to the Fantasy Star Online or something. I was like, okay, Kai. <laughs> we, we've talked about this enough. We had like an hour conversation. It's so fine. Uh, anyway, yeah, let, let's move into our outros then.
Yeah, it's finally over. Never have to think about PS3 again. And that's it for our Final Fantasy Final Fantasy Dragon Quest the Third <laughs> in space <laughs> review. Some sort of JRPG from a billion years ago. Yeah, some sort of JRPG that everyone thinks that every JRPG is. <laughs> Skelly, my man, what are we doing next week? Next week, uh, why? I think Scott and Rich will sue you for copyright infringement. Oh, is that because uh, Fantasy Star Four? Uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> and we're only playing this because they're playing that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know. I sometimes just write things without thinking about it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so the RPG Club, like we said earlier on, is currently fa- uh, Fantasy Star 4, which is way better already than this game. Um, <laughs> and we are in the second section, which I can't remember what it is. And if I was a decent host, I'd go look it up for you guys. But I'm not. So screw you. I'm, I'm... They're all they're all smart listeners. They can figure it out. Yeah, screw you. I'm Kevin Bacon. Or um, <laughs> who's the other guy? No, it's gone. I thought something really funny for that earlier, and now it's gone. Oh, that's okay. Just uh, everyone <laughs> pretend it was really funny. <laughs> oh, oh, you card. I will never say anything that funny again on this podcast. Uh, nope. and that is due uh, on Sunday. <laughs> so, uh, go on, Skelly. Uh, as, as, our, as, our, as a patron, I would let you do our plugs and reviews. Yes, plug, rate, and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts, on Stitcher, on Podcast Addict, on Spotify, on... Uh, well, any other rating service that exists. People and for the Patreon, <laughs> for the Patreon, you can get early access episodes. You can get ad-free episodes. You can get extra views. There's 20 plus now. There's one with me on there. You want to listen to me talk about a good game? I talked about Celeste with uh, Scott. Uh, RPG Club and more. Patreon.com slash RPG After Years. Yes, there's a thing here about Twitch, which is now dead in the water, so I'm going to delete that. We don't do Twitch anymore, Goodbye, but you Twitch. can email us at rpgafteryears at gmail.com, which I'll have to change soon when I when I relaunch the podcast next year. <laughs> another another rebranding. Yes. The Discord, the link can be found in the show notes or on our pinned tweet on Twitter. I like the RPG After Years Discord. There's lots of cool people there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a really good place to come and talk about RPGs. And we've got huge amounts of uh, chats in there for every single RPG series that we've that anyone's ever wanted to discuss. There's on our one Discord. trillion channels. <laughs> it's not that bad. It's pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's a really good place, really cool people there. And yeah, we always want to bring more people in to chat and discuss things. You can help contact us on Twitter at RPG Years, or you can contact myself at Metanica, M-E-T-U-N-N-I-C-A. You can contact Scott at the Scott Spot, and you can contact Rich at HowBlue1569. And then also you can contact Skelly here at Skeleton Pod. And before we move on, Skelly, do you want to, do you want to plug, plug your podcast? Because you are pl- currently playing a fantastic RPG. On the an amazing like. JRPG. Yeah, Skeleton House is, is an audio-only Let's Play podcast, uh, where currently the season I have is uh, me and my girlfriend are playing through uh, Chrono Trigger, which is a lot of fun. She's never played it before. I have played it before. She's having an okay time because she's one of those people who doesn't like JRPGs, but she is much more enjoying it than she would if we were playing through uh, Fantasy Star 3. Yeah, don't uh, and I will also... <laughs> <laughs> oh god no she would beat the shit out of me and uh soon when my sister fixes your computer me and her like playing through uh bad games because i said earlier i like bad games more than boring games we're gonna be playing through duke nukem forever we just beat uh we just played through the quiet man square enix's uh flagship series we played through that game twice because we're insane <laughs> yeah i can thoroughly recommend it the quiet man series was great the chrono trigger series is great yeah my my favorite is currently your pokemon series <laughs> I, the Pokemon Nuzlocke was a lot of fun. That, that was Man, great. I'm never doing one of those again. <laughs> I, I don't blame you. I've, I've got to finish mine one day. <laughs> Otherwise, Ajax is going to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and uh, yeah, so yeah, I thoroughly recommend uh, Skelly's podcast. It's absolutely brilliant. If you like, no one can know about this. You'll love Skelly's podcast. Oh, thank you. <clears throat> no worries. So uh, that's it for this review. Join us next week when Scott and Rich will talk about stuff instead of what we're talking about. <laughs> but until that happens, I'm Bill. I'm the fef- fifth descendant of a mad Englishman in space. And I am Skelly or Brett. I am the evil that lurks in all men and will return in 1,000 years. <laughs> See you next time, space RPG fans. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible noises. The beast has been slain The world has been saved Our heroes are basking in the after They rest in the tavern for all to hear Their tale of victory and conquered fears Revel in the peace That reigns through the land All will know it was by our heroes' hands Here in the afterlife Here in the RPG Bill says goodnight. (laughs) The RPG After Years is part of the We Can Make This Work Probably Network. Find out more at probablywork.com.